Hey, you guys, we're so grateful to have our special guest today. We have Mr. John Davis. He is a pop soul EDM recording artist. He has hit songs by the name of Easy, Goodbye, and You Will Be Loved. Um, he's also been featured on Spotify's Discover Weekly, and we're so grateful to have you here, John, with us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm just so grateful to have you here, and I know we had a little technical difficulty a little earlier, but <laughs> I think the best thing about that is like going with, with the flow, and I know as a musician, this is kind of something you're going to experience with just not knowing what to expect and just kind of being able to go with it, and I'm just so grateful that you're here. Absolutely. Technical difficulties are sort of, they come with the territory, especially as a musician. I mean, we deal with them on stage. I've dealt with more of these on stage than I care to admit. So, <laughs> <laughs> But see, that's what it comes to being a, a pro and you are a, not only a professional, you've been doing music for a while, but I think this is great for us to kind of really talk to you about things that are going on currently and what kind of got you into the creative process of being a musician. So I kind of want to start there. Um, what are some things that you look for that help you to be creative when you're creating music? Um, I think, you know, for me, my creative process has always come from, uh, feeling sort of, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, emotionally constipated. Um, I think we live, right. I mean, we're, we live in a culture that's really struggling to figure out how to embrace its emotions. And especially as a man, we are we have really rigid constructs around masculinity. So I always found it really difficult to express myself. And I started writing music because it was the easiest way for me to be able to process what I was going through and what I was feeling. And I started actually writing music four years ago. I was in advertising sales at the time and I had a traumatic knee surgery that almost took my life in the end in a surgical complication. And when I came out of the surgery, I realized that had I died on the table and I was selling ads, I, I don't think my soul would ever rest. So I quit my job and decided I would go pursue music, which has been my passion my entire life. Uh, I put my apartment on Airbnb and the only way I could kind of handle the the chaos of all these sort of rapid and impulsive decisions was to kind of write write it out. So I would sit at a coffee shop with my little garage band app on my iPhone. And I just wrote and I wrote whatever I was thinking about and I wrote whatever I was feeling. And, and that's kind of how I learned. Uh, and over time it kind of expanded. It started just on garage band and then I moved garage band onto a laptop and then I learned how to play the piano and I learned how to play the guitar. And I find that it's kind of a piggybacking experience where it starts one way. And then as you start to really lean into it, your interest, your creative interest expands and you start to look for more mediums and more ways to kind of seek that inspiration, whether that's jumping and trying to learn a new instrument or collaborating with a new artist. Um, so that's, that's kind of what led me into writing. Uh, my creative process has always been about figuring out ways to express what I'm feeling. And I think for the most part, most people can relate to those sort of core emotions. Those, they're what unite us as humans. And I think that's an amazing part, like you said, and not only just the core emotions that you're feeling in the words that you're trying to express, but that also goes back to the types of music that you have recorded already. And has there been any type of musician that you could think of that you would want to work with that you haven't worked with? Oh, well, a musician I would want to work with is Pink. <laughs> 
Oh, now that's a great one. I love Pink. <laughs> you know, I, I just think she's so amazing. I saw her in concert in New York uh, two years ago, and I just think she's one of the most incredible artists. She's uh, one of those people who is so raw, so unapologetic, and so honest. And the way it comes through, it's impactful. That's the kind of art that really changes and saves lives. So that's who I want to sing with. I hope she's listening right now. <laughs> I hope she's listening to you. I mean, when you go back to like the old pink, like just like appeal, yeah, you know, um, let um, let's get this party started. And for her, I mean, even now, like the she takes such a political stand, but also she she hits you in an emotional standpoint where if you're at your weakest, you can kind of listen to the lyrics and find yeah. yourself in it. So I think that's a great artist for sure. Well, and it's somebody who I think one of the journeys of any artist is, and it's kind of an unfortunate but but factual reality of this life, is being willing to stay with the artistic pain that allows you to evolve. You know, I, I always say it's our job to go in with our pick and and mine the gold out of our soul, and that that takes time, and and it's difficult and it's painful a lot of the times. And then when you really see what you were able to create, you have these moments of incredible celebration and you feel so elated um, until it's time to evolve again. And then you go back into that. And there's very few people that have the stamina to do that. And that's why she's been able to continue to evolve as an artist over this pretty significant tenure. So that's, she's been one of the people that's really inspired me. There's not a lot of people that can continue to create and stick with this and, and expand and keep the listeners and your audience on their toes because they don't know what you're going to do next. And I think that's the, the mark of an amazing artist, like you, as you mentioned, kind of going with the flow, different genres of music she's kind of tapped into in different decades of, of where she started to where she is now. Because, of course, now music has kind of shifted. Um, but but she yeah. hasn't and I, I think she's evolved but she hasn't changed the core of who she is and I think that's kind of what I see in you as well John is that like the core soul of who you are from a young age like you said learning music and playing instruments and being able to kind of use your voice as an instrument is amazing oh thank you <laughs> absolutely thank you. I, I, I love that I mean and it kind of goes back to the soul of of music itself so kind of let's kind of talk about um, how would you describe the music that you create? You know, I, I've been asked that question so many times and I've never been able to give a really solid answer because as a musician, my sort of craft has been a piece part of so many different influences. So there's elements of pop, there's elements of folk in some of the songs, there's elements of R&B and there's sort of a heavy... Uh, connector of, of contemporary. And that comes from my training, you know, and that actually in the beginning was one of the biggest challenges was that I was vocally trained. And for the most part, you hear it with um, female vocalists a lot. We really allowed female vocalists like Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, you know, these, these vocal powerhouses to transcend beyond contemporary and classical into also pop. But it's very difficult for men. We haven't really had a lot of male vocalists. Now we're getting a little more like we've got some Sam Smith. He's a little more on the, I'd say, pop jazz sort of side. But part of what I was doing when I was writing music besides expressing myself is that I've always loved to sing, but I found it very difficult to find songs that I could sing. So finally, I just said, I'm going to write one that I can sing for myself. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 
And I think that's amazing. Like you're using like Sam Smith as an example. And there's so many, you know, artists. And I, I know that, you know, with Sam Smith, you know, that music kind of transcends in so many different areas. And it just also goes back to the message that Sam was, was trying to get to the world, you know, and I think that's what, what it makes a great artist is just when you really can yeah. connect and you can reach any person across America and say, Hey, I love that artist based on what I'm hearing. If you re- listen to right. the music, it's one thing, but reading the lyrics of a lot yeah. of the songs, you feel like, man, I connect with that. And I, I love that about Sam's music. But I mean, another artist that I really think about, like when we think of course, like Beyonce, who is a huge artist, and who stands up for what she believes in, but has yeah. kind of shifted in her career, you know, especially now being a mom and having a career and and still being able to dive into other aspects as far as writing and producing and even film, you know, directing or being a creative director. Is that something you've ever thought yeah. about, like being more than just a singer, like going into more the creative side as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I... I... I believe that you have to be intimately involved with your own creative process. And I started, you know, like I said, I, I actually always created the music and the lyrics together because when I began, I signed uh, my first publishing deal a few months after I um, quit my job. And the producer that I was working with at the time said, Hey, can you give me, you know, a sketch of your ideas? So in my mind, a sketch was you know, a detailed illustration of what I was hearing in my mind. So a world in which I was writing lyrics on a sheet of paper and giving it to him never really existed. In my mind, it was, I need to make sure I've got chord progressions. I need to have harmonies. I need to have some instrumentation. I need to give this person as much information as I can so that he can take it and bring what I'm seeing and hearing to life. And I think a lot of artists that see things that way tend to branch out into other aspects of creativity, just like Beyonce. It's really difficult to kind of just turn over your creative vision and hope that somebody else will be able to illustrate it. You know, at the beginning, you're just trying to communicate with the people that are helping you do this because nobody's capable of doing everything. You know, I, I'm not a producer, but I learned how to do enough of the production to make sure that when I pass it along to someone, they understand what I'm trying to accomplish. And as a result, you get intimately more involved with every part of that. You know, you, it's it's something that I think is really amazing about the creative journey. It's also really challenging. It keeps you interested and invested in what you're doing. And it gives you a lot of power over your message. And it gives you a lot of power over how you convey your message. And I think that's that's not only important for yourself as a musician, but you want to make sure that you have the right team around you to support that vision that you have. Absolutely. Uh, so when we talk about like a team, your family, I know you said has been like a huge support. Um, how have they supported you in your career? You know, my family, it's, it's interesting. We're incredibly close, um, but they and they're actually all creative people by nature. But they, my parents both went into really, you know, successful corporate jobs. And I think the best way they knew how to support me was to make sure that I knew not only that they believed in me, but that I always had a place to go. Um, That's been something I've always known because I knew that this journey could lead me to places that, you know, I, I wasn't about to be buying a yacht anytime soon. And I, knowing that no matter what, there was always a place I could go and call home 
was really important. I think it was tough for them in the beginning because as a, as a black male, you know, your parents want for you to have success in this country and they want for you to have a great education and go get a great job and have some security because it's something that that's so important in our history. But they've eventually sort of come around to realizing that the creative, you know, process that I go through and the importance of this to me is really my purpose here. And the best thing that you can do as a family is, is support that and make sure that that person knows that, you know, we're here for you. And, and if this works, we're going to be in the front row. And if this doesn't work, you can come home, you know, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> I love that, John. And I think that just shows you of like support is, is great. And even if you have a chosen family, if you don't have a strong network of, of an actual maternal paternal figure in your life that you can find other people in even your friendships that can support you in your career. But I'm, I know you're grateful to have it on both ends, but I kind of want to go into another question, which is I think really important as far as challenges you faced in the music industry and how did you rise above whatever that challenge might've been? You know, I think one of the biggest challenges that I've had in music, and I, I've started in acting when I was 18, and I faced the same problems in that section of entertainment. And I've been in modeling as well, and I faced the same challenges there. And that is that, you know, the entertainment industry, although they are catching up, has a very narrow perspective of what Black culture is. And if you don't fit in that mold, it's incredibly difficult to break through the noise. Um and that's changing. I think that in general, minorities, because of not only our streaming platforms, but because of social media, you know, we've been able to break through in ways to illustrate that our culture is vast and rich and we're not one type. You know, there, there is a huge spectrum of what it is to be black. Um, and that's but that's been a big challenge. You know, it's like I, I've had to realize that for the most part, because I'm not inside that mold, you know, the no's will come in a lot. And this industry, no, is already such a common thing. So, you know, the piece of uh, advice that I give around that and how I address it is I, I, I feel that it's very easy to get bogged down in that. You know, the, the world is ridden with injustice and inequity. And if you focus on that, you will drown in it 100%. So I turn to the, to the creativity in those moments because there's different types of energy that propel you and there's different types of energy that stop you. And when you focus on the mud, you get stuck in the mud. But when you create something, it, it, it gives you this high uh, when you finish. And there's this, this belief. I mean, it's wild. I look back at some of these songs that I wrote that aren't even that good. And I, I finished them and it, in the energy that it created within me allowed me to go chase after people and go, you know, call producers and call, reach out to people online and, and do things that I would not have done, you know, otherwise. And, and this is, is sort of a, a truth in general about life is when you kind of start the day looking at the news, when you go look at the things that make you emotionally tired, it's very difficult to create and move forward in life. So for me, I do my best to focus on what I can do creatively because I know if I can 
do something that makes me interested in what I just did, then that will be much louder in my mind than the challenges that I'm inevitably going to have to face. And I think that that kind of goes back to that's a big nugget of wisdom that you just gave, not only for myself, but for so many people listening to this, they're going to be able to see that what if it's the music industry or a job, um, you know, a corporate job, or if it's even just like a mom and pop store that you work at, that you can still chase your dreams. And no, no doesn't mean that you don't have a way of still making your dreams come true. It's kind of making a way out of no way and finding healthier ways of, of finding yourself and in being in tune with what your mind and body is telling you. And then when you can actually start listening to it and in those quiet moments, that's when you really start to make those changes. And even with you and I, uh, me reaching out to you, you reaching back to me, and that's kind of setting this up. This is something that wouldn't have happened maybe 30, 40 years ago for us to even. Not even 10 years ago. Exactly. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just shows you of like how things have shifted. Um, for us all to be supporting each other in, in our endeavors, but that we can sit down and actually have this type of conversation and be able to hopefully impact so many of the younger generation to hear this in the near future. They would say, I remember hearing John and seeing how much he struggled, but look at where he is today. And- you know, we, we have to focus on that. Yeah, you have to, you have to put your passion into the world. And I've said this, you know, I, when my first you know, started doing this 10, 12 years ago. And that was a tough conversation with my parents, but I I did tell them at the end of the day, there are so many people in the world putting their bitterness, their resent, their frustration, their discontentment into the world. You have to put your passion into the world because you putting your passion, even if it's difficult, inspires other people to do the same thing. And it's one of the beautiful things, honestly, that's come out of COVID is I've seen so many people come to the realization that it's not okay to not be happy in life. And I think it's something that in in the world, but particularly here in America, before this last few years, we'd really gotten into a place where we'd convinced ourselves that it's okay not to be happy. It's okay to do something that I dislike for my job every day. It's okay to wake up and feel miserable. And it's not, you know, we, we have a basic right to pursue and, and put not even just right responsibility to put the things and our energy and our passion into the world. That is our our key responsibility is to bring that light into the world and lift everybody up in the process. And I love that. And it kind of segues into, as you mentioned, some of your songs. So can we kind of break down and thank you for sharing that. I think that's important for us to hear that, especially for younger people who don't understand um, the importance of taking time out and finding yourself and being able to actually follow your passions. But I know there's a lot of songs that I love that you've done. And I want us to kind of talk about easy first, and then we can kind of walk our way into tell me and as well as you will be loved if you don't mind. Absolutely. Easy was the first song that I released. Um, I'd been writing for, I I actually had a whole CD lined up before Easy came up and went through my first, you know, music industry challenge when I had some challenges with my production deal. So I'd had a CD lined up, took some time off after because I was a little bit, you know, bummed out by what had happened. Maybe two, three months later, I came back. I learned how to play the piano. I did my first show of original material off Broadway at the Triad in New York. And 
I decided I was going to learn how to play the piano so that I could play and accompany myself. And I'd been doing a lot of sort of ballad heavy music, a lot of adult contemporary, real sort of, you know, I would compare it to more of like a Josh Groban style. And I really wanted to branch out and evolve. It kind of talks about what I was saying earlier, where you write and you create in one way. And then as you expand on that, you start to pivot because you, you can only write the same sort of sound so much before you need to expand and change direction to keep yourself interested. So I was writing easy and I had it on the piano and it was, you know, it was a ballad. And I remember I just sort of started playing around in GarageBand in my laptop and I took the, the piano that I played in this ballad and I put it through a synth processor and all of a sudden the whole vibe changed and it wasn't like this ballad anymore. It was sort of a little sexy. So it changed the way that I wrote it. I went and redid some of the chorus and it was the first time that I realized, you know, I can kind of take this contemporary thing and blend it with some pop and some R and B and make this a little more accessible. And that, and it was fun. It was really, really cool. And I collaborated with this great producer out in LA who helped me to elevate it. And then it was sort of the, the breakthrough song. It was my first song out. It was March 26th. The shutdown had happened maybe five days before. <laughs> right. And I remember the producer calling me and saying, do you want to wait? And I said, no. <laughs> it's like, we need, I was like, I, I said, absolutely not. I believe that there are, there are actions that we take in life that, that are, representatively powerful. And I knew that the most important thing was just to get the train to leave the station. I was like, you know, I had the CD that didn't get released. I just need to break the silence. I'm not releasing this because I think it's going to take me to the Grammys tomorrow. I'm releasing it because it is my flag in the ground saying I'm here. <laughs> you know, this is, I'm here now I'm in this. So that's right. That's easy. <laughs> That was easy, right? Yeah, that was it was very easy, right? <laughs> so let's go. I'm gonna use another pun. So tell me. <laughs> let's talk about Tell Me. I think that's another great song I love. Can you kind of tell yeah. us about that? Tell me. So that's cool. Tell me is sort of one of the most recent releases. And I think um if anybody's listening is an artist or a musician or any type of art, you know that you go through spurts. You have like, you know, for me it's always been I'll write and like 15, 25 songs, and then I'll take like seven months off because I can't write any more songs without them sounding like the last 15, 25. And then something happens and all of a sudden you have a breakthrough. And Tell Me was the first time that I was able to kind of say, I think I can do something kind of R&B sexy. You know, it was always something that really intimidated me because I always felt it's, you know, one of my challenges is connecting to all of the aspects of my own blackness, which is a whole different podcast episode in and of itself. But, you know, I, I was intimidated by that. And so I, I got this uh, producer who reached out to me on Instagram and said, Hey, I think I want to send you this song. I don't know. Maybe you could write on it. And I said, okay. And I got the track and I was like, wow, this is really like, this is sexy. <laughs> it was like, I think I could be a little sexy. This could be fun. So I just sort of went for it. And I, I, I've always, I was a choir boy growing up. I play the cello. Now I play the guitar and the piano and I'm a harmony addict. So I was like, this is going to be a fun opportunity to just play around with 
as many different complex harmonies as I can and bring in elements of that pop soul and that R&B sort of retro feel. And more importantly, I was at a place and been at a place where now that I've done this long enough, you get past this chapter where every song that you write is the one that you think needs to be your Grammy hit. And that's, I think, a phase that every artist has to go through, that in the beginning, you, you're so intensely focused on this song needs to be the one that breaks me. And over time, you soften and you just start to say, I need to have fun with this. You know, I need to, I need to just explore this and have fun with it. And, and so that's what I did with Tell Me. And so when it was finished... I remember sending it to my sister and she called me, which, you know, we talked via text, but she called me in the middle of the work day. Cause she was like, this is your breakthrough. <laughs> and it was so different than anything that I'd written in the past. And it really helped to mm-hmm. re-energize me because I hadn't been writing for the, for the months prior. So that's tell me. I love that one. And so the last two I really want to briefly talk about is, you will be loved. And then I want you, if you can kind of tell us about Haunted, which of course was released on 827. So I really want you to kind of talk about You Will Be Loved and Haunted, if you don't mind. Not at all. You Will Be Loved, I wrote in a, like right in the middle of this a transitional period in my life. So even though Easy was the first song that I released, I had written You Will Be Loved like two years earlier. And it's sort of the the best way that I can summarize the challenges that we have around speaking our truths. You know, it's, it's really difficult to be vulnerable. It's really difficult to say what you're feeling. You're constantly afraid of rejection. You're afraid that uh, it'll be misinterpreted. You won't be heard. And at the end of the day, the biggest fear is that we're not worthy enough to communicate what, what we feel And so I wanted to write You Will Be Loved to kind of illustrate that whole thing of just say it, you know, say what is on your mind, say what you need to say, you will be loved no matter what. Maybe not by the person you're saying it to, but but it depends on what you're saying. But, But I wanted to characterize that. I wanted to write a song that just made people feel happy and, and made you feel all those good things in your gut and, and reminded us, don't bite your tongue. Um, we've been trained to believe we need to bite our tongue. We've been trained to believe that we have uh, no real right to speak our truths and be vulnerable. And I think it's the exact opposite. You have every responsibility to speak your truth. It's how we actually connect with one another. So that's You Will Be Loved. And then Haunted was another song with the same producer who did Tell Me. And he's a British guy. And after we did Tell Me, he was like, I think you could write something really cool on this song. And he really wanted to have a song that illustrated his, you know, uh, Dark Night of the Soul. And I could connect to that because I think anybody who's in any creative place knows that we, you go through these incredibly challenging, really dark phases. And that's where you really excavate the work that you're going to put out into the world. So haunted was all about overcoming that kind of diving into hell and coming back to earth after it's all about excavating the darkest parts of your soul and and transmuting that into something positive. And it's a rallying cry. You know, I think we all need those, especially right now. We need to be able to, to be our own cheerleaders. A lot of days. I think a lot of people right now (laughs) need to wake up and cheer themselves on because it's tough. 
And I, I always believe in that because when you can cheer yourself on, then you can actually focus on your goals in a different way because you know what it took for you to be in the deepest or darkest places, but still rise above it. Like a phoenix from the ashes, you hear that phrase all the time, but it's the truth. Like you can, Absolutely. You can find solace in, in the decisions you're making and also be aware of that, that this is for me. And a lot of times, as you mentioned, for a lot of musicians, especially the ones who are in the music industry and who have big you know, supporters behind them, a lot of them kind of lose the, that authenticity because they're doing it for the streams or for the records. But that's, yeah. that's what I love about your music. And that's why I wanted you to be a guest, because not only do you have quality music and you come from a different purview than most people would not be able to fully understand unless they really listen to the lyrics and, and your tone of voice is just so rich that I think like people, when they give themselves enough time to really listen to it and, and especially you explaining the, the purpose and been the premise behind the lyrics that you actually set out to, to give to the world. I think we're going to really be able to, to connect with you, John, in a different way. So that's, I, that's I the that. goal. That's my hope. You know, I think you will be loved and haunted connect to one another in that when you tell people what you're doing and what you're going through, that's when we actually realize how similar we are. You know, that's why it's so important to speak what it is, what your truth is, because we keep it bottled up and we hide it because we think the world can't bear to look at the ugly, you know, especially now with social media, the way it is, we, we put one version of ourselves out to the world. We think they cannot handle seeing the ugliness, but the truth is when we see that we realize, Oh, you're human, just like me. <laughs> we're all just trying to, to figure out what we're doing, floating on this rock in the middle of space. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I really do. So I want to kind of end with this. I thought this would be really good for you to kind of tell people what are some of the things that are next for you and how can they actually find you online? Cool. So I have um, two new songs coming out uh, next month and then another one coming out after. So there should be pretty much a release every single month and I'll do something for Christmas as well. Okay. Um, those are going to be fun. This is this is really exciting. This is some of my favorite stuff that I've ever written. You know, I took time off in the beginning of COVID because it was, you know, I was working on these releases and getting this EP out last September. So I took the beginning of this year off to kind of just reset, recenter, um, kind of process everything that had happened at the end of last year, and then started writing again a few months ago and. Now all of those songs are coming out. They're great collaborations. It's the first time that I've been able to collaborate with a bunch of different people. So some of these guys are in Italy. Some of them are in Germany. Some are in London. So it's really changed the whole dynamic and the way that I work. So I've got a few releases coming out. Um, And then the best place to find me is either on my website, which is www.officialjohndavis.com. There's no H in my name, just J-O-N. And my Instagram, which is also official John Davis. All right. And John, we're so grateful, like I said, not only for you to have shared your story and you have such a great light that comes with you that anyone who's talked with you and had the moment, I'm glad to call you a friend and someone who I would love to have back here again. Absolutely. I would love to. Thank you for taking time to to let me speak my truths and let me you know, be a little vulnerable for for anybody who's listening. 
Absolutely. I mean, and that's the best part about life and connections is that when we can actually sit down and, and have a, a conversation at the table that we all have room at the table to share our experiences. And we just have to be respectful of everyone in our own differences because we're not as different as we claim to be in our own minds. I think we really sit down and talk to someone, you realize we have so many things in common and we're just all trying to live a better life and find happiness in our own way. So I think I love that not only will you being a part of this will help so many other young African-American guys to see this and say, hey, it's okay to go out and and pursue your music and do certain things and actually dive in different maybe genres you never thought. But it's going to help so many people of other races and ethnicities and be able to say, hey, you know what? This guy really went through the ringer and went through a lot of things in his life. It wasn't a bad upbringing, but it was something where you went out and stepped out on your, your belief system and look at where he is now doing COVID, releasing music, fighting against whatever fears he may have had and being able to rise above it. And that's something that you can't teach. It's something that's innate that's in you and you have to tap into that. And I'm just so grateful to know that you've been able to not only persevere, but that you're going to continue to make great music. Thank you so much. And and the last thing I want to say is just to, to, you know, I always love when any sort of show or podcast ends with just a reminder to be kind, you know, be kind to each other. I think it's so important right now that we are all kind to one another. Little kindness goes a long way. So <laughs> that, that's right. So we thank you so much, John, for being a part. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right. Absolutely. All right, John. So I will talk with you soon. And thank you for being a part of Black Canvas. Hey, thanks so much. Okay, bye. I'm not afraid of the